Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you're rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? The award-winning Connected Experience is uh is, is our is our podcast. It's our lifestyle, a yeah. lifestyle, the, the lifestyle. lifestyle. And that's the lifestyle we live in. So what you been up to? Hey man, uh basically just still trying to get my shit on with the books, dog. Uh I got I probably got five books that I need to dive into before the end of the year and uh finish up and wrap it up but other than that man just being a parent and running through this shit we call life what about you yeah 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 i've been uh i've been working on something man so i'm, I'm excited and uh yeah, i'm happy for you yeah so i just been working on whatever that is and i'm just making sure everything is right before i like All the steps let people by the time i tell people it's gonna be done right well right. it's not gonna be done that's actually gonna be the beginning yeah yeah the, the, the project is gonna be done the, yeah, yeah, right, yeah the, right. uh, so you're actually in the process of doing something yeah that's my word man process so I do got a word is process a systematic series of actions directed to some end. And that's like you got to start something. You go through the process and then you finish it. The process was also and is also a documentary, name, a documentary that we have that we got because somebody asked me, was we going to do a, a May in the 80s anniversary? And I said, no, bro. Uh, once like the world really get on us, we go do our anniversary and we go right. celebrate everything us and yeah. everything is going to pay off that we ever did. So it's yeah. going to be like yeah. one hell of a bundle package for yeah. motherfuckers yeah. to yeah. buy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Physical so, and digital. Yeah. So it's going to be the anniversary of San Juan and Antoine. Right. We're just going to celebrate our anniversary. Do you got a uh, word? I do. My word is underrated. It is uh, not rated or valued highly enough. And uh, so the reason that uh, the process and underrated was the uh, terms is because the guest that we got today. Now, we know, you know what I'm saying, that this brother deserves to tell his story however he want to tell his story. So I had hit him up like, look, bro. We uh we want to get you on the show. If you've yeah. been, I don't know if you've been listening or not, but we want to get you on the show because of the way we do the show. Like you got a story that definitely need to be told because we didn't play a part in it, but we know that it's true. And, and we seen we, we seen, seen the it, process, you yeah. know. And, so, and sometimes seeing something from the outside looking in, not being a part of it. It, it, it make it you do two things right it make you appreciate it or it make you hate it we never been haters so we always appreciated it because uh the long and the short is we from angster with like very 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 heavy ties to romulus like that's a second home so this brother from romulus if i see somebody from romulus could do it that make me inspired to say we can still do this and keep it going and like that's like a benchmark. Okay? Right, right. So who we got in the house today? Man, we got Kool-Aid from Hotspot Entertainment. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? So go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners, bro. Well, I'm Kool-Aid, like they say, man, K-U-L-A-Y-D, representing the S-U-B, Romulus, you know, uh, Detroit, Insta, all that good stuff, man, three cities that raised me. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it all, man. So let's dive into that three cities that's raised you. So where are you? So you're from Romulus, Detroit, or Inkster. Like, when, what do you I remember? was born in Detroit. Okay. We moved to Romulus in the sub. Okay. And yeah. stuff. And then, um, but my family roots is from Inkster. Right, yeah, right. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know what I mean? I traveled between them cities growing up, 
off and on through the school system and through, you know, um, you know, just hanging with friends and family. And we like to tell people that, too, like from around our way, Inkster, that's just usually what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You if you from Inkster, your auntie live in Romulus. Right. And then you got cousins who went to Romulus, Inkster High, Robichaud, shit, Taylor Truman, Wayne, all of Taylor that. Center, all of that. And the best way we explain it to people who act like they might not. Well, by now, everybody is familiar with Inkster and Romulus. But back then. We would say if we lived in, a, in say, L.A., where we live would still be L.A. It would just be like the west side of L.A. or, say, New Orleans. So this, that's how close we are to the big, big city. city right? You know what I'm Detroit saying? is a small, big city. Right. right. For sure. It just so happened that it's so many, uh, what are they called? People hate to be from. Oh, there's so many suburbs in the middle of them that they just broke it up and they broke it up because of race. Right. right, You know what I'm saying? Dearborn would be Detroit if it wasn't for races back in the day. Right. Yeah. All of those small cities, Woodhaven, all that. So let's talk about your experience growing up in Angster, Detroit and Romulus. Like um, you the you the you the actual middle child of seven. Is that is that correct? No, basically, um, I got two brothers, one on each side of the family, one on my mother's side, one on my uh, father's side. And then I got two stepsisters on, from my mother's side and, and a, uh, a blood sister on my father's side. Okay, okay. So, okay. so yeah. how was that dynamic growing up with, the, with, with all the siblings and stuff like that? I mean, it was it was cool and that thing. I was by me being the youngest boy, I would I would always watch my older brothers and stuff like that and learn their mistakes, and or you know learn some of the good traits from them. Like my older brother D, between him and my mother and and you know my brother Goody is like uh, we used to. Um, I used to just look at them do music. You know, D used to do performing talent shows and other stuff like that. Right. And then he would uh, then he would um you know, do promotions and stuff for different uh, acts in the area in Detroit and stuff like that. So he would take me with him. So, you know, my, my, my influences and stuff like that, man, it, it, it was it was cool. It started from the humble beginnings, man, with the family. Right, so right. when you say he was, so where is D from? Is he from Detroit? No, nah, he from, um, he from Rambles. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? He, he basically, um, uh, you, you know, same circle, Detroit, Instagram, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So how many years is he older than you? Six. So at this time, uh, to you and to the world, rap was something new. Was he rapping or was he singing? He was rapping. Okay, but this was when rap was kind of like brand new, like we knew we could do it. Yeah, I was like, man, I was little, little, like probably four, five and all that other stuff, looking up to the older cats, you know, doing the the, the 80s and stuff yeah. like that, the, uh, doing the um, – you know, the run DMC, LL Cool J era. So, yeah, I would look up to them, and that's the type of music that he was doing. Right. Yeah. And then you said your mom. So did, was your mom uh, into music as, like, a performer or something? She was or? a singer back in the day. She never really, like, took it, um, you know, where professionally and stuff like that. Right. But she had the skills. And plus, at one point in time, she uh, used to tell us a story about how she almost got signed to Motown and stuff, but she had – her mother wouldn't uh, wouldn't sign the contract. Now, so was that during from the talent show that they had at Angster High? No, I don't know when it was, you know, exactly and stuff like that. I didn't get in the full detail, but she yeah. basically told me, you know what I mean, she could have. She was thing. good enough. She was right. Yeah, she that, was good but, enough. Yeah. But my grandmother wouldn't sign the contract so she could do it. Yeah, and what when I now when I just asked that about the talent show at Angster High, I don't know if people know, but the Marvelettes got signed because of a talent show that was at Angster High that Motown was a part of because I don't even know if it was Motown at the time, but they it was a big thing. The talent 
talent show talent at Ainsley High, High was a big, big deal. Thing. Yeah. And that's where Motown discovered the Marvelettes. And just like any other thing with a small city, you know if it's this, it has to be more in the surrounding area. areas. Yeah, you like they might have heard the Marvelettes and start looking for groups out there because you know they used to uh, Motown used to have houses in Inkster to record right. at. So, yeah. so with your mom knowing how uh, her mother didn't sign a contract, and then you got the older brother who was in music, and then obviously you go be in the music. Did she like push y'all to actually go after music because she's no. seen the effects of not? Having somebody who would sign a contract. Nah, she was more of a. She wasn't like a, a, a influence like that to like push me and stuff. She really wasn't connected like to me and my music like that. She was, you know, more more so watching her enjoy music. She was a music connoisseur. She right. So music, Saturday so, morning, you right, wake up, she the, playing the record joint, yeah, yeah, all the, the little house parties and stuff at the house and all that. So she would just be playing the jams all the time, or she would grab me and be like, you know, come on, let's dance, or you know, right. She just, this, just, you know, just, she just, just the music like was yeah. in there. Okay, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So uh, sixteen years old, you tell D that you wanna you wanna rap, you wanna go to the studio. Mm-hmm. How how long before that had you actually been perfecting your craft before you stepped to your brother? Like yo, let's go to the studio. I wrote my first rap at seven years old, and it was the title of it was called LL Must Die. Yeah. <laughs> because back back in the day, LL was top dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies love was, cool you know, J. Battle yeah. rap things and all that, and so you know, I that that was my. I, I mean, I remember like it was yesterday. So I started at seven. So from seven on, you know what I'm saying, up until 16, I basically was, I was more so in the street, streets and street life, you know what I'm saying, and stuff yeah. like that. But then uh, I started to get real serious about it during high school. High school. And so you what high school did you attend? Romulus High. Okay, uh-huh. so so what year is this? I'm trying to put it in perspective of, of what's going on in rap when you 16, because at this time, everybody wasn't recording going to the studio because it cost money. It cost money. It, it cost money. So we, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you we know used to have to pay a hundred dollars just for a real, uh, a real to real. Yeah, know what yeah. I'm the tapes, the splice, uh, the joints, right, all just that. Yeah. To, before we even recorded anything, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then from real and went to dats, and then ate dats, and now we here at Pro Tools where you just right. press play. Easy. So. Do you remember the first studio you ever went to to record? Yeah. What was it? I don't remember the title of it, but it was with a guy named uh, guy named Reggie Red. I mean, it wasn't Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Red that we know. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't the one from the station, but at the same time, it was like Reg, he he was a part, uh, and he had a hand in creating that song, Ghostbusters and stuff, for uh, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. And uh, so this is the studio they recorded at and did stuff like that. And so my brother ended up taking me to him first. Right. Yeah. I did two songs with him. One was called Break Me Break. And then, um, and then, uh, I can't remember the second song. But then after that, I ended up going to Doc Chill. Yeah, Doc which Jill. was Hollow Point Records. Yeah, and that was my third song that I ever recorded. But Doc Num had a record out. He was with Group Exchange, and he had yeah. a record out with them. Um, that was hot popping on the radio, competing with Luke and everything. Two live, I mean, you know, uh, the the label uh, uh, Luke Records wanted to sign them and everything because they was basically in competition with him. Right. So this was a hot time. To be over there. Yeah, man. <laughs> to be up. Hollow Point Records was that deal. If you knew anything about hip hop in Detroit, Hollow Point was the place. Yeah, so who introduced uh, you to Doc? 
uh, my brother D. Oh, okay, so they already knew each other. Yeah, D had been doing promotions with uh, a couple people, a couple groups they was messing with, with Group Exchange and I Rock and all them and, and Ghetto Majesty and all them. So yeah, he and he had a relationship with him. Yeah, yeah. So anybody who listens to the show know. Uh, we got so much love for Doc Chill. It's ridiculous. I'm actually waiting on Doc to hit me back right now to to, to, <laughs> to, 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 to handle some business. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like literally. Doc so. showed us uh, a lot of love. He We helped each other a lot. And we got a lot of marketing sense from Doc. Like yeah, uh, yeah. And then when we met Doc, we already knew. Once we found out we knew some of the same people, mm-hmm. it was like, Oh, it was on, yeah. Right. So, boom, you're 16 years old. You got three records, and you in high school. I know you go to school and going crazy because r- recording is not was. Y'all might be rapping in the lunchroom, beating on the tables, but you got nigga. I done went. I'm making records. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I got some yeah. records. So, yeah. how how are you accepted at this time that you're making these records from? Because now it's like you set yourself apart from everybody that's rapping at the school for sure. Right. Like, you know what I'm now, saying? Now, well, well, professionally, um, I had started doing, like, doing, doing recordings and stuff. The the demos, you know, they was floating through the school and stuff like that, and people was loving it, you know, and I was right. getting love. Like, everywhere I went, you know, they was like, man, go ahead and bust a rap. I'll go to the game. Bust a rap. I'll be on the school bus. Bust a rap. You know what I mean? Right. So it will be like that. But then um, uh, 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 at the same time, I hadn't put nothing out professionally, professionally, until after I graduated school. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? So it was like it was like two thousand one before my album came out. Right. Officially. Right. Right, cause uh, so in two thousand one, you uh had started Hotspot Entertainment, or is it World Famous Hotspot Entertainment? It was or? it was just Hotspot Entertainment Studios back then. Right, yeah. right. And we, uh, later through the years, we ended up changing the World Famous Hotspot Entertainment. Studios. Right. So what uh what was the the gap in time? What made you put it out the record out after you graduated? Basically, it was like uh, I had matured, man. You know what I mean? I was I was dealing with a lot of stuff. I just had. My son, I, I my first son and stuff. I was seventeen years old. I was feeling, you know, I was feeling myself at the time. But before that, I wasn't as focused on the professionalism of making records. I was just going into the studio recording so I can say that you're recording. Yeah, to hear myself, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying. What was it's that like, feeling like the first time you heard yourself? To be honest, bro, it was the greatest feeling in the world to me, and it was like it was a uh, I couldn't believe it was my voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, dang, that's me. That's, you know, I, to me talking out loud, I sound different. But you know what I mean? Uh, when, when I talk to, um, you know, when I hear myself over a recording, it's like, wow, that's that's dope. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, so at this time when you finally said, I'm going to put something out, like, how, how was it received by your family and, like, your peers who now in 2001, everybody rapping? You know what I'm saying, and you know you got to set yourself apart. So how how was that received? The hood loved me when it came to the hood and where I was from and this that, and another. They loved me. They supported me. You know the shows I did. They came out. Um, you know what I mean. If I wanted any cat on the record, this that, and that, all I had to do was make a phone call. It was it was it was good for where I was locally. Yeah. When I started taking stuff, you know, to uh, uh, different parts of the U.S. and things like that, California started picking me up and they started loving me, put me on video shows and right. uh, stuff like that. Then I got to messing with the East Side Cheddar Boys and stuff, and and, and that relationship uh, uh, led to me meeting other people. Right. So let, let's and talk about that because that was that was a big thing. Like the Cheddar Boys was what was up at the time you know what oh, i'm saying yeah. how did your relationship develop with the cheddar boys 
like I said, I got a long history with Hollow Point Records. Right. And Hollow Point end up becoming PBI Records, which is the Cheddar Boys Boys label. label, You know what I mean? And basically, so, you know, like, 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 uh, uh, Jack and them stuff like that, man, we call him Chief, you know, rest in peace, Chief. Um, Chief uh, and Wipeout was related, you know what I mean? So, Wipeout was the nephew, so he was like, um, you know, he, he basically groomed them on some stuff. And when White became, you know, more focused and ready, he started putting out albums. So uh, I had end up, you know, I was just around, you know, at the time when they was coming up. Right. And then they were seeing what I was doing. And it was just a mutual love and respect for each other. White was a boss. I was a boss. We just clicked. You know what I mean? Right. So from then, we end up making a record called International Pimping that went on my album. But this was before the Cheddar Boy uh, album. This was before Detroit knew about the Cheddar Boy. Right, right, right. So then once they once the album came out and it started popping, it was on. You know? Yeah. And you you actually did something at the time that people, well, few people were doing. I'm not gonna say nobody because we was doing this too. You picked up the video camera and you started to document this stuff. Oh yeah. I seen some footage when you was uh filming Wipeout, and he said, "What's that for?" And you said, no, man, this is for so people can know like that that this real, that y'all are really putting in the work. And people didn't understand back then why would you be walking around with, with a video, video camera? camera. What mm-hmm. made you pick up the video camera? Well, basically, I I subconsciously always kind of love film. You yeah. know what I mean? And I would always, I would be the one in the family to always have the camera, you know. Yeah. Or I, when, when I was in school, I, I took videography class and stuff like that in high school and other stuff like that. But I didn't really, like, take it serious. I took it just because I ain't wanted no boring class, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So I took that, but then subconsciously I realized over time that was another passion for me. Yeah. So I you know what I mean? So and then I always felt like if somebody passed or if uh you know what I mean, uh the when the moment passed, whenever you having a good time or when the moment passed, it's gone. Mm-hmm. If you don't document it, it's gone, period. Yeah. So I, I started really taking documenting my life my experiences and other things like that and some of my the people that's associated with me more serious so i started documenting everything we did pretty much yeah right right now um so you come back to romulus and basically you got hot spot entertainment you got a lot going on and it's a lot of talent in romulus at the time and just to be honest just from being around the area romulus wasn't getting that shine Back in the day, people don't realize that the first summer jam was in Romulus at the big park. My brother threw that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? At the big park. And um, it was some gang shit going on in Romulus. And motherfucker, they played Selly Cell. It's going it's down all night. What? You had to be there, though. You had to yeah. be there. When they played Selly Cell, anybody who was there, when they hear this, they go remember. Yeah. They played Selly Cell. It's going down the night. Niggas got to go. You would think you was in L.A. somewhere, man. Yeah. Or Selly Cell from the back. I'm saying. Yeah. The, well, <laughs> we know Selly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. It, but um, yeah, a lot of. you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Because I just had got done freestyling. Yeah. I passed the mic back. They yeah. played Selly Cell. It's going down the night. And it was over. That's where I met my nigga, the ball here. Nut at. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my, well, yeah, 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 but um, it was a lot of talent in Romulus, man. Some of that talent that you you had nurtured in nature. I mean, and brung along, you brung along, uh, Hollow. You know what I'm saying? You brung along my nigga Richie, aka Crucifix. Mm-hmm. How did you see the? How did you know who you wanted to work with? Cause cause Richie a slick talking nigga, man. Richie got yeah, it, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like Rich, man. Man, Rich go way back growing up. 
you know, he used to stay a couple doors down from me on Beverly and stuff. Right, yeah. And uh, so basically that's when me and him developed skills and then I learned he rap and I was like okay my man tight so and he we, real all right. the way around the yeah. board yeah, so we, yeah. we would rap in front of the house type thing and I would just be going back and forth freestyle I'm like yeah he dope so then you know I already knew I you know wanted to work with him at some point but then it was I, I was always the one like looking for talent in other people right you know what I mean in the neighborhood so if if I knew you had some skills or did something that that you know, I was doing, I brought you along with me. It was like, you know what I mean? I got resources, you got resources, let's get together, let's do something, and, you know, see what come about. So. I don't think people understand that concept, right? Because when people think, okay, you got a label, I'm a roll with you, they think they get adopted by you. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying this about them, brothers. I'm just saying, the, you know what I'm saying? People think if somebody signed you, like, they supposed to take care of everything from here on out. And it's like, no, like, that's let's the just let's just the, put our resources together and yeah. see if we get can, can do what it, we can do and what we can make. Pop Richie, the first nigga who showed me a murder dog yeah, in the yeah. hallway at school. Yeah, you Richie. Know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Richie, if you hear this, man, get with me. Last time I seen him, I had uh, he was going to work. Yeah, this was years ago, and I had swooped up on him like, dog, where the fuck you going? And I'm like, man, come on, wherever you going, I'll take you. We got a lot of love for Richie. He always kept it solid, oh. but. Um, that's what people like right now, like the mentality people have is like they think like a, a record deal is some like magic trick illusion. A Kool-Aid entertainment or hotspot entertainment go sign me and then like, boom, I'm there. Every, like right now, whatever you're doing, you should do a 50-50 venture with them. Like to me, like if you're doing movies. And I want to be a part, and, and I'm doing movies. I just come to you like, let's put our resources together. I might have the money, you might have the connects. That's both, they both worth the same, like, mm-hmm. because you can't work it without the other. And then you actually start doing movies. How did you get into the movies? Like, even you said it was your second passion, but what made you say, I'm about to do this? Like, I always love acting, though. I mean, I'm talking about I was the kid to sit in front of the TV and watch a movie like 10 times over and over because I just loved certain films. What's your favorite movie? Not n- nothing that you had anything to do with, like <laughs> you feel nah, I, I'm, I mean, current or start. Just period. Off. Just period. Just if it come on today, you got something to do. The movie come on, you go sit down and say, "I'm watching this movie at least to a certain part." Minister Society. Mine, Min- mine coming to America. It is it's, it's between <laughs> Minister Society and then it's. Uh, I mean, I love a couple films, but that's like always gonna be one I'm connected with. Because they used to call me Kane back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's part of how... You know, that's part of where the land came kind of came from. You know, what I mean, I'm from the from the hood. You know, the sub. You know, was known for certain things, and so right, right. You know what I mean? That's where the land came come from. But at the same time, it's still kind of connected to that movie. Yeah. Okay, you say yours coming to America. Coming to America, yeah. My I like Malcolm X, bro. Yeah, My like Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, if if Malcolm X come on, I'm go up into a certain part each. You know, the shit is three hours, so I got a part that if it's close to that, I at least got to see one of them parts. Yeah, so well. you 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 jumped into the movies though you know what i'm saying and congratulations on that because you wasn't scared to do it and uh let's talk about some movies that you've been a part of uh the first movie that i got casted for it was called gangsters 2 yeah um it was the first movie was a documentary it had like tupac russell simmons uh Lil kim a bunch of people and stuff like that in it and then when they when they end up doing part two 
they was turning into a film. Okay. Yeah, okay. Independent film. The director who directed the movie Joy Road, Harry Davis Jr., he basically uh, was the What one was the passed. name of Joy Road? It, it, the, the name switched. It was something else first. First, and uh, then they turned. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I remember what you're talking about, yeah. but I can't remember the name now. But um, he had casted me in that film, and the, unfortunately, after we got done filming the whole movie, man, they ended up losing the footage, Ooh. and it was it was just it hurt, heartbreaking, you know I mean? yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. But after that, I was like, forget it, I'm gonna keep going, and I end up getting um, into this short film called Detroit and Let It, yeah. Um, by uh, she was a young college student at the time, and she was doing some production. She had raised like twenty five thousand or something like that to do a short film, and did it. And um, so after we did that one, um, I I end up doing what movie was that? Five uh, uh, K? No. Yeah, five K one. I end up doing five K one. Yeah, with um. With Donnie, and, yeah, uh, you know, I got put in that by Big Hurt. And, yeah, uh, you know, I went to interview him on on the set. You know, he was like, "Meet me down here," so I went to do that. And then he was like, oh, "Man, you uh, want to get in this scene?" I'm like, "Heck yeah!" So, so from there, that one little scene turned into five. You know what I mean? Right, so right. It was like because cool, you was so ready, you was prepared to even yeah, do the scene. Yeah, so I was like, "Man, that's that's love." Right. You know? So because by the time you got here, you three four movies in, so it's right. not like, "Hey, you yeah. come here." You right. Like, okay, wait. Right. Yeah. Action. Yeah, 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 I'm ready. Yeah, you turn in. So what? What? Uh, so the movies come out. You see yourself on the big screen, and then you sitting back like, "I could do this. I could do this. I'm about to start shooting." these movies myself you know what i'm saying because like we said you always had the camera so now you went when do you discover like i'm about to put this together i'm about to because you done been a part of so much right to to that point yeah up until that point to you them losing the footage them you know what i'm saying so you already experienced the the type of heartbreak like losing the footage is not gonna hurt more like (laughs) it's nothing gonna hurt more than losing the footage so once you got past that when did you say let me put my team together. Let's do this. Well, we started shooting um, the feature film. Because remember I told you she did a short film, right. Detroit Unleaded. We started shooting the feature film for Detroit Unleaded later because she ended up calling some back some actors that she liked from the first film. Yeah. And then um, so after we did that, I'm, I'm sitting there. We was doing a club scene in, in uh, downtown. And I'm sitting there. I'm looking at all the people that was there and how it was affecting their life. And I'm like, we all here. Because she decided to do a movie. Right. And I'm like, I'm having a great time. Like me, I'm having a great time right (laughs) Right, now. And I'm like, dang, and she helped create that because of her passion for doing something. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me, let me, let me pick up on that. And um, so later on down the line, after we got done shooting, uh, what was the last uh, film? West Bloomfield. Um, after we got done doing that movie, I I shot that with Wine Shining. And um so once we wrapped off that, I started thinking about some stuff. I was working on the new album Count Time, and I was like, you know what? Let me um, let me see what I could do in the meantime. So I'm like, let me write a little short film. So I wrote a short film, and I let Mr. Donofrio check it out. He was the first one that knew about it before anybody. Right. Yeah. And I was Joseph Donofrio, the MMA promoter in Detroit, whatever. And uh, so he, he was like, I love it. He was like. When you gonna finish? <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right. This ain't he's like, like right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, keep going. You know, basically, and uh, and uh, so I was like, you like, he's like, yeah. So I was like, uh, 
I'm like, you want to act? And he like, yeah. So he was actually the first official actor before right. I even casted anybody. Yeah. So after I got done writing it, then, um, you know, we, we started going into casting and everything and looking for funds and, you know, going from there. And that's what we did. You know, I end up raising some money independently and, you know, we, 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 in, in the middle of it, we started doing stuff little by little, like yeah. paying scene by scene and stuff like that you know, yeah. to get it completed. Yeah. And how long did it take you to actually uh, finish the finish film? Finish the film. It yeah. took like three years. And the only reason why it took that long was because I was dealing with a cast of busy people. Yeah. Um, we had Swifty McVeigh from D12 in it, uh, Tax Holloway from the East Side Cheddar Boys, Top Authority. Yeah. Um, we had uh, uh, Mr. Donna Frio, Joseph Donna Frio. We had uh, uh, Sabrina Beautiful, and she was probably the most busy out of everybody. Yeah. You know, so I had to wait for a lot of people to be on set. Yeah. 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 And then my family died throughout the film, you know. First, it was like, uh, you know, just dealing with some things, man. It's like my mother passed, my aunt passed, my son's mother passed, my father passed, a couple of friends passed, you know, and it was just like all back to back, all within two years. Right. So to me, it was like some heavy blows to keep going. When my mother died, I I was in the middle of producing count time and I just yeah. died. I wasn't feeling it, man. Right, yeah. right. You yeah. just had to step back, clear your head and yeah. all of that. I, yeah. So with this new digital age, have you put these movies on the digital platform as far as the, uh, what is that? Prime, Netflix, Tubi, Tubi, yeah, like yeah. that. Well, we, we about to put them on the platforms and stuff. See, I had um, been in negotiations with for distribution. Okay. You know, so that's been the hold up with everything. And I've been talking, trying to get the best deal for it and this, that, and the other. And now I'll decide to go independent with it yeah. because or the structure of some of them deals that just went Now, let's talk about that because normally we don't talk about, like, we don't have to talk about your specific deal or situation, yeah. but, like, you have enough knowledge to understand what be going on with these deals. Like, the, the project that I'm working on now, I told myself, like, this is so big that it has to come out on a big scale, a big level. Like, we put out so many projects independent, and nothing's right. wrong with independent, you know right. what I'm saying? Right. But, like, but I you want to check for this. Yeah, yeah, I feel like at some point, Okay, like to me, if if I'm talking to you about a deal about distribution and you come to me with everything that you just came with me today, even if it's not for this movie or whatever, I feel like that's enough work that you put in over time that you deserve somebody uh, to write a check to, to write to write a check and right. then because that just paid for all your previous work in a sense like you you i feel like people deserve to get paid for the work they put in not like in right. a distribution deal in today's thing is like yeah people could do it on their own you could put it on all them platforms yourself you know what i'm saying but once it's in a system through another system like it like you uploading it yourself is one thing but once such and such push the button in the upload it just it's, it's bigger right. it's bigger because it comes with marketing and it, it comes with, with it com promotion. Yeah. they network they they network and yeah. that what you they just added value to what what you have you right. know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. i mean we put a lot of projects out independent uh and we like we had some situations and then we had some opportunities to like sell stuff and stuff. But it's like, since I don't rap no more, I can't sell my catalog because that's it. I'm yeah. never go 
release another album. I'm mm-hmm. just not. You know what I'm saying? Well, we not as identical. Mm-hmm. Go release another album. So for us to sell our catalog would be, be stupid, stupid to us. Will we license our catalog? Yeah, we do a five year licensing deal, and then it started popping up in movies and stuff, and right. and that's different. But I just can't sell my catalog because once you buy it outright, you go just take it somewhere and get it popping. And you go I take it somewhere and license it. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. But when it comes to uh, film and television and shows and stuff like that, I look at that different. I got twenty movies on the left side of my brain right now. You see what I'm saying? That I know that I release. I sell a film. I just got to stay the executive producer. And you know what I'm saying? Because that's going to live forever. So when it comes to film and stuff, it's different. And even with the distribution channels, everybody take it to the same places. But going through somebody else is the difference between whatever these companies are. 0.6 and a dime. You, right. you feel what I'm saying? Right now, if you put your stuff on Amazon Prime yourself, you had to you had to have a million views to get sixty thousand dollars. But that's but more the, than YouTube. That, it's that, more than YouTube, but they pay out quarterly. So you that's like so think in a year, it's, it's gonna be some fluctuations. You feel what I'm saying? So you might be popping this quarter, right? But then they quarters. take it and put it on Amazon Prime through whatever system that they do it, mm-hmm. and they might be like. Here goes sixty thousand up front. front. You know and what I'm saying? Then we start so paying, paying you after, after that. that. You know, what I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> you see, a lot <laughs> of times, man, the the deals nowadays is not structured like that. It's not structured for unless you got a list actors, you got um, you know, a heck of a budget. You know, some promotion on some things and stuff yourself. Yeah. Um, all these things is all these things matter. And what's going on is that basically the money is not in it for the independent no. as much as it is for a major. Yeah. Right, but, a but, major but see, I, and it, uh, not to cut know. you off, but from a business side of the company, I understand that because of the amount of fluff that come with independent. And that's, and that's, and that's, what, that, that's what it They're is. They're not paying for that, fluff. Right, because yeah, like right now, if you write books, right, somebody go come that you like – Everybody, I'm not saying nobody's ideal is bad. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. if you say you write books, people automatically go group you with a certain type of book category or whatever. And it's a zillion of those authors. So that one author that gets a deal who writes those same type of books, he automatically knocks all of that out the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It ain't nothing wrong with that. I feel like creatives should go for independent and to be a part of the system because that's the only way the system go change. We need a Kool-Aid sitting behind the desk talking to the independent motherfuckers when it's time to offer them a deal because, hey, man, I come from this. I didn't come from the Hollywood lineage family that don't know shit, don't about, know shit about scraping your budget together and all that. So if it's a guy like Kool-Aid or a guy like one of the twins sitting behind there and you negotiating a deal and I'm like, okay, I can see that you put your own 30 into this already. You know what I'm saying? So I need to start you at 45000 so you can already make some money. And now if if I'm on the other side of that deal, the independent me say, well, no, give me 20 and I'll take the other 25 and put right back into the project for promotion and marketing. Now that created my marketing promotion budget without me actually taking a dime away from myself. And now we in business because I came with my instead of coming and say, yo, I want 100000 for this. And then you take the hundred thousand and go try to buy a brick if this was the nineties. Like you know right, what I'm saying? Right. But I feel like creatives need to get into the mind state of having a an independent mind state and a, and a major yeah, you mind need state. Both. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um you need both 
in this game, period. Independence, man, need that machine. You know what I'm saying? We right. all need it. And, and to be honest, once a major get dropped from the label, they become uh, independent uh, once again. Right. You know what right. I mean? And I've I've seen it. You know what I mean? So I've been around a lot of people and they, they become regular guys like you and I. You know what I mean? And then they come you in know? a swoop up $500 and you see a nigga in the fucking Stardust doing the show and the nigga just was on this platform. Now that's not taking away from the Stardust. That's saying that now nah, he already was independent. Now he know it's time to circle back around because that's who who fucked made with it. Me. Yeah, yeah. You feel I, what I'm saying? Because you 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 actually brought a lot of people to the Stardust, man. You had right. JT the bigger figure in the town and like right. he was shocked, I think, to know that that many people actually fucked with him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. He, but, it opened his eyes to a lot of things because he didn't know nothing about Inkster at the time and he didn't know nothing about um that you know uh, what went on in the area, or right? Or right, what was even into music, or that we even knew, like you said, yeah, we knew no, about yeah. him. I bought his book, man, The Independent Hustle. What was right. that called? That, this that was back in the day, it was back in the day. J, right. JT, he got the game, you know what I'm sure. saying? He, Not only did he have a game, well, he still got the game, uh, but when we bought that book just from having the record store uh, and being affiliated with the record store previously because, you know, of course, you know, but, you know, our uh, big homie had EMB and we could go to the distributor, which was and got. Mm-hmm. And when I got that book and I seen because it was the, the book essentially was what you can do to make money independently in music. And he had a list of all the stores in the country and our store was on there. But I know from our store, I knew previously that his music had been in the store. So mm-hmm. then I'm saying, oh, so this nigga calling himself. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what I started doing, I started calling up all the stores in Alabama. I was At that time, I was working a record that was uh, catching some steam in the southeast. You know what I mean? I started calling Macon, Georgia, uh, Pensacola, Florida. You know what I'm saying? The smaller cities. Uh, I was working my cousin in them record, and this record was actually on uh, one of the first releases on Asylum before we even knew what Asylum was going to be. You had right? released a soundtrack. It right? released some soundtrack. Home Invaders. Home Invaders. It was, the it movie. was a Spike Lee movie. It was a Spike okay. Lee movie. And this was before Asylum was anything. Well, anyway, the record I was working was on there. Okay. So by me knowing that it was coming through a major label system, my cousin and them still wanted to make sure that they record stood out. My cousin and them was Gangsta Boogie Records. They was from the east side and the west side. And uh, so once I got this book, I just started calling everybody in the southeast because for some reason, through the major label system, this record picking up in the southeast. So since they record picking up in the southeast and they got their own music, I'm calling getting their records in stores where they other record that's through the major label system is working. And that's how you oh, do yeah. it with the independent and, and that, the major. That book did that. And that yeah, and that oh. book did that. And I, when I seen him, I told him that because I'm a firm believer, you know, if I bump it to you and I fuck with you, I say it, bro. I don't oh, give a yeah. fuck where we at. You know some niggas. No, you I never don't. get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Again. You know and that yeah. like, yeah, Kool-Aid brung him to the dust to the town, but I fuck with him. And when I see him, hey, I got your book, bro. I still got that book. Yeah. But I got your book, bro. And I don't know who else bought it from from here. But when you sent that shit to Angster, you sent that to my crib. Right. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And it worked, though. You feel what I'm saying? Because that's back when record stores was still not. They was going extinct, but they was still some. And all the I used to highlight them. Okay, yeah. we going to send you five. They had a double album. I seen 10 records, but I'm going to send you five, one of each. Right. You feel what I'm saying? These first 10 free. And then when it pick up, we just you just know, place your order and we we'll place go your for order. order. And we knew how to do the orders because we used to do the orders at EMB and we used to go to and got and see when people did the orders. And it's like 
that's what we saying. <coughs> all that work right. uh, for people who listening, because don't nobody sell their records no more. You know, well, what I'm if you far as yeah, yeah, you you could do a time capsule right, or because right, right. like I got a CD player in a brand new car. Like I got a brand new ride with a CD player, so right. like I, I can really both. go. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I keep physical, you know, especially for shows and stuff like that, because people like autographs and they and some people are still CD art collectors. And yeah, stuff like yeah. That. but di- digital so is a is, is a scam. Like digital mm-hmm. streaming is a scam. Like you can no nobody's no ever money. yeah nobody's ever going to tell you if they telling you that the Migos uh, did a billion streams in a year then they did ten billion streams because. Mm-hmm. History shows that a record label is never going to tell the artist the truth. So if they and then a billion sounds so big, like you know what I'm saying. So right. niggas not saying the Migos or QC. I'm just saying when the nigga hear a billion streams, first of all, I think of one stream. Now think about that a billion times. So they go tell you, yeah, we did that a billion. We owe y'all this. But from the very conception of Jewish businessmen and black talent, they've been lying to you. Mm-hmm. So if they telling you a billion, bro, you might have did a hundred billion. And you need to figure out how to get that money yourself. Because hey, that's yeah. what's so hard about streaming is no independent streaming. You know what I'm right, saying? It's right. nothing independent of the system that they created, that they sat down at the table and said, hey, we go get these guys. Point four six cent for a song, mm. and then we're gonna tell them that it streamed a billion times, and that a billion sounds big, but when the payout come, it's nowhere near the mm-hmm. the real stream is probably worth five dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like See, you know, and, and, you know, and that's the thing that like the money back in the day versus now it is, was better, is, well, much better. They, I, they I, you can't you can't. Re- I mean, don't get me wrong, it gets to the consumer much easier today. Yeah, but the the income for the musician is, right is the independent the independent yeah, and, no any musician because it's not like Jay Z get time. more a stream than somebody else oh don't uh, think that he don't no but, but he, but he more he, volume yeah yeah he, he more, more but but this is the thing right the 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 money for the artist should have increased because you just cut all manufacturing costs and that's the part nobody's talking about yeah. see you used to didn't get your money because it cost to print up a CD get it shrink wrap get it yeah. shipped get all of that now we just cut all of that cost out and we get less money somebody getting the money exactly. because it ain't no manufacturing cost but um exactly. so what what you got next man what you got coming up next well right now i'm working on new music okay i, I, I constantly make albums so I, i'm working on new music and i'm working on a new film okay um, i'm gearing to do inksters first full feature independent film called my connect okay and, um you know, so that's a project that's in the world. We was going to be filming it this year, but I started working on another project and uh, that went over time. Yeah. So I'm doing it and stuff now. And, um, you know, just, just, just pushing that. And I'm going to be pushing more films. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, that's, yeah, that's your studio on Insta Road, right? Talk about yeah. that. Just yeah, give out yeah. the phone number. Tell them where yeah, it's yeah, at. It's world famous, High Spot Entertainment Studios. Um, it's pretty much Inkster Road, Van Boyne area, in, in uh, Westland, Michigan, which is basically down the street from Inkster Road. Um, yeah, only because you cross the street. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, it's yeah. Right down the street. So it's just like um, we do everything there. Um, as an independent artist, I know what the artist needs, so we try to provide that at an affordable rate, and you know, so folks can get out here and and actually achieve their goals. So you can reach us at 313-288-9048 or hotspotentertainmentstudios.com. Now, before we get out of here, talk about your relationship with the Bay because you, now JT, not the only nigga from the Bay that you had out here. You had right. some some heavy hitters from the Bay. I mean, yeah. Spice One, a lot yeah. of niggas favorite. Like to think that this nigga is 
and on, on my turf, you yeah. know, in Inkster, yeah. and you know, and he fucking with it though, because he been out here a couple times and yeah. shit. He probably be like, oh, take me to that one spot to eat at, whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. So talk about your relationship with artists that you build in the Bay. I mean, like I done did songs with like Money B and Fiona from Digital Underground, um, uh, MC8. Like you say, Spice One. Um, I done messed with a lot of people, like my boy C Lim and stuff like that. Because um, uh, I started off with C Lim back in the day when I first was putting out my first album and stuff. And he wanted to, you know, one of one of the crips out there and stuff like that. That's been putting down a lot of music. Um, so I, I mean, I've just been a lot of cats, man. Like JT, I got with JT because of another cat around here. Um, uh, 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 Killer K that introduced me to him, and um, you know, so we got straight and did a couple, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, did the show and a couple projects and stuff, and you know, I mean, I just, I just like the West Coast. I've been raised on, um, on West Coast music. I love, you know, gangster rap type stuff. You know, I, I don't really like too much, nothing too soft. You know what I mean? I like hard music. I mean, don't get me right. wrong. You, you just you like gotta what you have like. a variety. Yeah, but you, you just, gotta, yeah. you know, I even make, you know, certain, you know, chill songs. But at the same time, it's just, you know, I come from the street stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you got to make what you like, man. Yeah. And so, like like I like I had told you on the phone, like, man, I can't wait to talk to you so you could tell a part of your story. You know what I'm saying? As much so, as you want to tell, like, we always been watching. Like, we always been seeing what you was doing. We always knew that the shit was 100 that you was doing. And that, that like, coming from these small cities, man, that mean a lot. It mean a lot when you see... When you know a nigga like JT, the bigger figure, know the game, and then Kool-Aid is in the mix with JT, the bigger figure, because we watching the same moves. We watching his moves. Like For people who don't know who JT, the bigger figure is, who listening to this, he was a right right along in that 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 Master P priority wave. Nigga, that Master P, P got the game the from him. With him. Right. Master P got the game right. from JT, the bigger figure, and I won't never, and I'm a TRU nigga. I, got, I still got my true tap, but yeah. if you know the history of the Bay rap, you know that the get low players, all of that, you can listen to JT, the bigger figure, tell you his own story, but he's a major player in the game. So when you got a nigga like that in Angster, Mr. Serve on in Angster, Spice One in Angster, you you putting these these dudes on songs with our our rappers, our people. You know what I'm saying? That that mean a lot because you put on for the turf too. Like so. Like a lot of people might know Kool Aid from Detroit, but he, he from Romulus, Inkster, Detroit. Like right. you know what I'm saying, right. and that that make a difference to <laughs> and, a nigga right, from Romulus, Inkster, yeah. Detroit. That right. make a difference. And, and our shit just the difference. Our shit is just Inkster, Romulus, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it just, it just switch. It just switch around. So yeah, we but, want to get you up here to let them know, nigga. We got heavy hitters. We got major talent. We so. got we got niggas who do movies. We got niggas huh. who do besides Antoine and Antoine. Besides the Rat Pack, besides these people, like the names we be mentioning on our show, that's because like we was affiliated with certain people, but we ain't never hated on nobody. Right? Like, you know, like what I'm saying yeah. reverse, man. Shoot, I always saw y'all doing y'all thing. You know what I mean? So you know, it's it's, it's a mutual respect. Thing, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. it's like, um, you know, we got to do stuff for cats that's from where we, we from. from. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Give a voice to that because I, you know, even when I saw Arsenio Hall talking with Big Shine on on the show. And he mentioned angsty. You know what I mean? That right. that meant something to me. Like yeah. you say, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. He said, What you know about that? Right. You he, feel was like, he was like angsty. He was like, <laughs> Okay, but what's like crazy, Insta. right though, yeah, right? So yeah. Big Shine used to be in Angster 
over my cousin grandma house. See, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Everybody got ties to Insta. Insta. When I when I used to ride through Insta with white, I used to be like I used to be out here late. You know what I'm saying? I, was, yeah. I know I know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. But that's that's you know, hey, the town is is the it's, town. It's is the town. It's all it's all love. Uh, so uh, how can people get at you on the uh, social joints, the social media uh, joints? Man, I'm mainly on Facebook. Man, you catch me on Instagram sometimes, but I'm mainly on. What's Facebook, your Instagram? Man, it's uh, I gotta make me a new page. I got hacked. Man, recently. All right, you know so just make sure so you get my, that. my Facebook is the uh, facebook.com slash the real Kool Aid. You know, yeah. spell K- that out. K U L A Y D. Okay. You know what I mean? So the real Kool Aid at Facebook. And um, they can always get on me on uh, any of my sites, man. Check me out on YouTube, Kool Aid Entertainment. Um, you know, they can. Go to my website, KoolAnt.com, whatever. Just, you know, check me out, man. Hey, this AJ. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at TCEPod, at TCEPod. If you want to be a part of the show, advertise. Tell us how much you love it. Tell us how much you hate it. PR at TCOHH.org. And uh, my Romulus niggas, my ancient niggas, all them niggas, my whole thing is I'm from the I for the I. Y'all be from the R for the R. And that's just how we go get that shit popping, man. Because you can't spell Detroit without an I and an R. You know yeah. what I'm saying? From that's real I talk. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself.